Thanks for listening to the Lakers Fast Break Podcast, part of the Hoopheads Podcast Network. Check out all their awesome basketball shows today at hoopheadspod.com. back for another episode of the Lakers Fast Break podcast. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break. Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and Game Source. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our shows. And if you can, please give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, or do anything that you can to support us right here at the Lakers Fast Break. And also, the Hoop Heads Podcast Network. It is truly appreciated. <sighs> be strong, Laker fans. Be strong. But there are going to be more days like these. The Lakers went into New Orleans hoping to see if they could go ahead and be on the other side of a trap game today as far as being on the winning side, per se. Because I'm sure New Orleans might have had the chance to look over and look past the Lakers without LeBron, without AD without Marcus Saul, without Jared Dudley, and without pretty much any strong chance of winning the game. And unfortunately, that didn't come to pass for the Lakers. They didn't go out there and surprise them. Halfway through the third quarter, the New Orleans Pelicans just turned it loose, and the Lakers just couldn't match up. No way they could really produce a whole lot of points. Just seemed like generating offense was tough. No fast breaks, no easy shots coming to Lakers. Actually shot pretty decently from the three-point area, but it comes to no avail as the Lakers did end up losing 128 to 111. And here today to talk about the game, maybe some possible persistent trade rumors that are out there that he's hearing on Twitter. And of course, we also want to pay respect and homage to the late, great Elgin Baylor, one of the greatest players of all time. He's a good man indeed. You got to go ahead and be part of the conversation on the site that he runs. It is Lakerholics.com. It is Laker Tom and Laker Tom. Again, my friend, I'm just hoping you got the uh, blood pressure, uh, you know, right there testing mm-hmm. you out every now and then just because it's going to be a lot of high blood pressure moments for the Lakers going forward. I'll just say this. I knew when Devonte Kaycock was in the starting lineup, I knew we were in trouble. Yeah, it's kind of difficult. It looks like LeBron and AD are probably out at least for three more weeks, maybe a month. AD is going to be reevaluated on Friday. Right. But even if AD comes back, I mean, the big problem we have is we don't have anybody to run the offense without LeBron there. My whole feeling is I'm actually pretty positive right at this point. I'm glad Um, one of us is. You got to look at the big picture, Gerald. And the big picture basically says that we're seeing some prima facie evidence that the Lakers need to make a big move because without LeBron and AD, you can't go through a month and, and end up two and 14 or two and 13 for the month, because at that point in time, we won't even be in the play in tournament. We'll have our record. will will basically be lucky to have a chance to get into the playoffs. The only teams more worried right now about their situation than the Lakers are the Jazz and the Suns, who are probably the top two teams in the conference, who are now looking at the prospect that that the Lakers might be their first-round playoff match. And this Uh, is actually okay in that sense that the Lakers, just before the injury to LeBron, had the NBA's best road record. They are the best team on the road as a healthy squad. I repeat, as a healthy squad. True, but it's also, you have to realize, it's a squad that was built to play with LeBron and AD. And when they don't have LeBron and AD on the court, you immediately see the deficiencies. I think it also shows that they're not a team to play against another team with three superstars or a team that has two superstars and let's say two star players. I disagree with you on that. I'm going to say this right now. I think 
AD and LeBron in there, the, the defense humming. I don't think there's any team that matches up to Lakers. I even think that in a seven-game series, they would have beaten the three laden all-stars for the Brooklyn Nets because, again, defense in the playoffs is most paramount. But like you said, it may not be perfect like that. So well, going it's not going to be perfect. That's the problem yeah. because at best – at best, we're going to have very little time to go into the playoffs to get ready, to get into the team. The team is not going to be able to be in sync. And, and it's going to be another one of those situations. It's looking more and more like there may be fans in the stands, or at least some fans in the stands, maybe vaccinated fans in the stands. I know uh, that's something that I think and, Miami's currently looking at, correct? Yeah. That was the key to everything getting back to normal, some form of a passport digital passport that you have that allows you to, you know, be able to go into situations on masks. Maybe they can do like a free, free uh, ticket for you, Laker Tom up there up <laughs> north and maybe for here in Las Vegas. I mean, you know, at Krispy there'll, be a black market. Doing... there'll be a black market for phony passports, obviously. Well, yeah, but maybe, situations. you know, Chris, Krispy Kremes is doing free donuts for vaccinations. Mm-hmm. How about free tickets? You know, there's not much to say about the game other than the fact that, You know, we don't have players who can do things on their own with the one exception probably of Trez, who can survive and and actually score and be effective. Um, But even he needs somebody to pass him the ball. (laughs) And and if you don't have a good pick and roll point guard, then then even at times it's difficult for him. But what, what makes me positive about the whole situation is that there's a couple of things that became clear in the last day and a half. The first was that the Lakers pretty much feel confident that they have Andre Drummond locked up. And the reason I say that is there's no way that they would be out there shopping the only two centers that they have right now if they weren't 100% confident that they were going to get Drummond. So you you see that we've got three three guys basically that everybody realizes now. The reports from all of the NBA analysts and basically – Inside sources have confirmed that KCP, Montrez Harrell, who's the third guy that I'm missing there? KCP, Montrez Harrell, and talking about THT. Oh, and Marcus All. Okay. Marcus All are the three players who the Lakers have clearly put out on a training. Well, THT has been out there as well. I mean, that's something. Well, I, that think, I, think, do. I think what you have is you have a couple of situations there. Basically, basically what you got is a Montrez Harrell is your attraction. He's your, he's your piece that's worth a lot of money. He's the guy who can can get a deal done. KCP and Gasol, they're basically salary filler. They're ballast in order to get the salaries to match up. And then you've got the, 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 uh, the sweetener, if you will. And the sweetener, the sweetener is named Taylor Horton Tucker. He's the guy who basically can substitute for the first round draft choice that we don't have for six years until 2027. So, but the the big thing about it is that the Lakers have accepted the fact that because in the wake of LeBron's injury, they have no alternative other than to number one, solve the problem over the next four weeks when LeBron is gone. Because this team has never had a positive plus minus or a positive net rating when LeBron is not in the lineup. Even with AD, they don't have a positive net rating. So you can't expect that they're going to even win half of their games and there's a good chance that they can lose. You know, they, they could it could easily go 2-14 and 14 or 3-12 and 12 or some crazy numbers like that over the next month. So the Lakers, number one, they realize that they have to do something in the short term. They're going to be so far down in the draft that it's really going to affect the seeding is really going to take a toll on them. And then the second thing is they realize that they have some real weaknesses on this team. And the Lakers have to – hold on this. Let me ask you this. The Lakers have to keep their first-round pick this year, don't they? Well, they have to keep it until the summer. Yeah, They can't do anything with it now. But as the Lakers go down in the standings, what goes up? You never know. Yeah. Could get in the lottery. You never know. Well, <laughs> I don't think the Lakers are going to count on that. And I don't think at the trade deadline, many teams are going to take no, but... a pick in 2027 first rounder. 
But it'd be uh, like hey, we can, uh, the best that we can do is to put together like three yeah. second rounders. I'm assuming it'd be somewhere on 18th or 19th, is yeah. what I'm assuming. Yeah. Yeah, I I think that the thing the thing is is that Rob Palinka has got some trading pieces out there. He's he's made a decision without a doubt that I'm I'm real confident because the things that we're looking at, the trades that we've been talked about, the players that we've been linked to as that we're looking at are the right players that we should be going after. And the pieces that we are committed to shopping around are the pieces that we should be shopping around. There's no hesitancy at all that uh, nobody is, you know, everybody's untouchable at this point in time other than LeBron and AD. And I've even heard rumors that that people were inquiring about AD and the Lakers were actually talking in some conversations. So we just have to balance those things out. And the good part is that there is there is a commitment by the front office and a realization that they have to do something. And that is the best news that Laker fans can have at this point in time. You know, you, the worst news would be the Lakers saying, hey, we're, we're not worried when LeBron gets back and when AD gets back, we're going to be the best team in the playoffs. We think we can beat anybody because we got the number one defense, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, no, that doesn't fly. The best news is, the Lakers have put their two centers out there because they're 100% sure that they have Andre Drummond locked up. And that takes care of the rim protection problem. And now the other issue is we need some outside shooting and we need a playmaker to run the offense. And we're putting out our best chips out there. And I think whether it's THT, whether it's Caruso, it doesn't matter who it is that is going to have to become a sweetener at some point in time, even that 2027 first round pick. The Lakers will do what they have to do to improve the backcourt, to get some floor leadership and a floor general who can run the offense, and to get some volume three-point shooting that they need to be competitive in the playoffs. And we can't ask for anything more at this point in time. What that means is, number one, we're not going to go through twenty of these 15 to 20 of these games like we've seen the last two times, because this is the last game before the trade deadline. And so as a result... We hopefully will see, you know, within two or three games, we'll see the players that we traded for, the players that we sign in free agency that come out of the buyout market. We'll see them come in to bolster the troops. And then we'll get a chance to be competitive over the next few games. And then hopefully AD will come back. And hopefully in a month from now, LeBron will come back. We'll have maybe 15 games to get warmed up for the playoffs. And if, thank God, nobody gets injured, we'll go into the playoffs Maybe not the heavy favorite, but definitely one of the main teams that has a good chance of winning a championship. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Hey, hoop heads. We all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com, spelled A-R-Y-S-E, and use the code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off the future of performance. That's A-R-Y-S-E dot com with promo code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off. Once again, it is the Lakers Fast Break, and we truly appreciate you being here as well, listening and also watching us on Facebook, but also listening to us on the HOOPHEADS Podcast Network. Also here with us today is a good man indeed. He is a madman when it comes to the email. You got to check him out as well on <laughs> Lakerholics.com. It got so crazy. I'm going to tell you some inside meta stuff here that it got so crazy yesterday between Sean and Laker Tom and Jamie Sweet and L Rob. I was telling myself, man, we should be doing a podcast on this stuff, man. They're just all over the place talking email, email, email. They're not even doing anything at Lakerholics.com. Wait, oh, and then I look at on Lakerholics.com and they're talking there too. So not only are they emailing, but they're commenting on Lakerholics.com. The only thing that they're not doing is on Lakers Fast Break, but they're doing it today, and he's here now. 
It's our Lakers historian. It is none other than Sean Grice, a.k.a. the Magic Man. And Magic Man, a great episode to be a part of today because we are going to be talking a little bit of history here coming up. But first off, my friend, you were venting, venting, venting when it comes to Lakers. And, well, unfortunately for us as Lakers fans, you have every right to vent. Oh, my God. You know what, Jerob? I'm more emotionally invested in the Lakers these days than my stock portfolio. I get more. <laughs> what, all GameStop? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I get more excited or despondent at the Lakers, more so than my 401k. It's unreal. Oh, um, what, AMC? <laughs> <laughs> Keep going, Gerald. Well, I'm going to get some bed, bath, and beyond here coming days as well. Um, you know, I, we all knew it was going to be a struggle. Like you told, like you emailed me back, we all knew this would happen. I wasn't as pessimistic thinking that this team would struggle to score 100 points, but they really do. Manufacturing points is a big problem. I don't see the – you know, if you have a team that normally knows that they have a problem going on offense – they do everything that they can to try and manufacture points. That means you try to push the ball, go fast every single time. And I don't see the Lakers doing that. I don't see the Lakers doing it. If you already know that you have an offensive deficiency, shooting deficiency, now, mind you, they shot 45% from the three, but that's kind of a misnomer there because they couldn't make anything from inside the arc. But you're no. not pushing the ball at all. You're, you're just settling for 10 to 15-foot jumpers, and that's really not how you're going to win in today's game. No, not at all, Gerald. You're right. I, I, just as an example, this year, um, when John Morant went down with that uh, severe ankle injury, we all thought Memphis was through. We didn't even think they'd get to a point where they could be a playing team. But like you said, Taylor Jenkins pulled the rabbit out of his hat. He tried yeah. to pull a jack-in-the-box just trying to do anything he could. Change the pace of play. Let's be aggressive on defense. Let's go to – he tried everything he could to try and stabilize Memphis to a point where they could survive without him. And you're right, Gerald. We really need Frank Vogel, Jason Kidd, and the rest of the staff to step up here. Like, just inject some some kind of flow, something, anything, to, to try and generate and manufacture points. I mean, missing free throws – you know, is a sin in and of itself already. But when you're down your two best players, you can't leave points off the board like that. Forcing the pace. You're going to have to force the pace. Every time that ball goes, I don't even care if it's a one-on-four. You're going to have to push the ball and not just to three-point line to three-point line. That's ridiculous that I see the Lakers, especially Schroeder, running the ball up and it just stops at the three-point line. Keep going. At least if you're drawing some more players in, you can spread it out a little bit better. But again, you have to push the pace. Well, that's that's what Tony Parker was a specialist at, especially in, in the finals. He would push the pace. He would push the ball into the key in the paint. If something good was there, he'd drop it off to uh, Tim Duncan or Boris Diaw or one of his bigs, or he'd come back out. He'd reset, and he'd make sure there, there was at least a chance for a great shot. So you're right, Gerald. Schroeder needs to, like, the pedal needs to be to the floor right now. Put the pedal to the floor every time you get the ball. I agree with that philosophy. Well, again, the Lakers just seem to not have enough energy, and it just, it, it, for a team, again, that you could have really caught off guard for a very, very inconsistent team like the New Orleans Pelicans, as they have been all year, looking great at sometimes like going in in Denver and beating them, and then looking really bad against some of the league's worst teams. This is a time that you could have taken advantage of that. But again, not even staying close was very disappointing as the Lakers lose 128 to 111. But we head on over to what Laker Tom has been checking out on the Twitter at Laker Tom on Twitter, where he got a very nice compliment. Last week, we were we were chiding him and making fun of him about the listener that, that gave us five stars that said we should go ahead and kick you off the show. But this week, 
You've got someone who gave you some love on Twitter telling you you're awesome and you're great and deserve a big pat on the back. So pat yourself on the back, my friend. But other than that, what are you hearing out and about on Twitter? Well, I think that the, as I've been saying all along, that the, there's a silver lining in this cloud. And the silver lining is that that LeBron got injured before the trade deadline, not after the trade deadline. And the Lakers are, are basically doing exactly what they should be doing. Uh, Rob is talking about, and we're getting interest in the players that we really need, which is a good point guard, somebody who can really run the offense. I'd like to jump back, though, because there was a couple of things that I wanted to say about the performance of the team this afternoon and, and running the ball and, and doing the things. I think the thing that they did different today was that they shot a lot of threes. They took 37 threes. And that's one of the things that Dennis Schroeder was asked what the team has to do to win. And he basically said the correct answer, which is we got to shoot more threes. We have to shoot and we have to make, take and make more threes. We're not getting those now. And it's because we don't have the kind of players who can make that kind of offense work. We did what we could do. And and if we stayed with this, if we stayed with the present roster for the next 15 games, we'd probably lose 13 or 12 or 13 of those games, regardless of the competition. We just don't have players who can make up for what we're missing with LeBron and AD out. But the the signs are good. We've got two days. The next two days should be exciting for Laker fans. Well, what are you hearing on Twitter? What are you hearing on Twitter? I'm hearing on Twitter that there's still a good chance. I, I think one of the nicest developments is that LaMelo Ball will be back, which means that keeps the possibility of the Hornets being interested in uh, Montrez Harrell and willing to trade one of their uh, three-point shooting guards, either Terry Rozier, probably can't get Devontae Graham, but uh, we might be able to pick up Malik Monk and Terry Rozier. That's a good option. Magic Johnson came out and repeated what he had said when he drafted Lonzo Ball, he's the smartest point guard out there. Lonzo is actually, I think, a perfect person that we could trade for. Uh, I think we could do a trade with KCP and THT to get Lonzo Ball, and I think Lonzo would be a perfect addition to the team. I think that there's uh, possibilities of, of looking to Toronto. They've got a couple of players that could fit. There's, you know, you got two situations. You've got Montrez making around $10 million. So there's a bunch of guys that are making $10 million that are good options that you could get for him. And then you have uh, Montrez and KCP together making around $20 million. And there's several good guys out there to make around $20 million, including Victor Oladipo and several others. So the pieces are out there. There's a lot of competition. There's, I think it's going to be a really wild and woolly trade session, very much like the one last midseason and like last summer or last offseason. And whatever Rob Polinka will do or has an opportunity to do will depend upon the competition, how valuable people see the trading chips that we have, how willing we are to give up depth in order to improve the starting lineup. We can't have, you know, KCP has become almost useless. Three points tonight in a game where the team scored 100, one for seven from the field. He's totally lost his confidence. And you're not going to win a championship with that guy as they're starting shooting guards. So that's the one hole that has to be filled up as well. And then the other thing, I think almost everybody now is pretty well conceding that the Lakers are going to get Andre Drummond. The big lure for Andre is, a, you know, he wants to resurrect his career because he's going to be a free agent this summer. And the best way to resurrect your career is to play on a championship Lakers team as the starter and as a guy who could possibly save the team over the next month by, you know, dominating the ball at both ends of the court. He can score and he can defend. Well, let me go ahead and get Sean in here. Got to give you a time. Take a breath, Tom. Take a breath. Okay, go ahead, Sean. I really want to go ahead and interject what you got to say. Yeah. Tom, help me understand what you meant by Andre Drummond resurrecting his career. Because he's averaging 17 to 13. I just want to make sure. Yeah, Look, he's averaging 17 points. He's blocking 1.4 shots a game. He's one of the best rebounders in the NBA right now. And yet he's getting cut and waved and bought out from the Cleveland Cavaliers. So it's, it, it's, that's, it's, that's it's, like about as low as you can get. 
he wants to get a big contract again because this is the, when he buys himself out, he's back to zero. He's back what? to bidding, you know, the minimum salary. He's back to the whatever that minimum salary is for a guy no. with as many seasons as he's no, got no. in. I, I understand what you're saying, but he didn't sign himself to that deal. The Detroit Pistons gave him that money. Right. Like, I still think he's a very productive center in the NBA. I would actually, I would still put him in the top 10 NBA centers. Well, let me just say this. It's the only thing is it depends on how you see the NBA at this time. I mean, yes, he's 17 and 13, but as Tom always says, is he the type of player, is he type of center in the playoffs is going to be played off the court? That's another thing you have to consider in the space and pace three-pointer type of mentality that you know we see every single game now where people are passing up layups and just throwing it out for three-pointers. I mean, that's, I think, a little bit harder for Andre Drummond to adapt to no matter where he plays, no matter where he starts. It's going to be a difficult thing for a center like that. I mean, we're seeing it now with some of the Lakers, like even Montrez Harrell to an extent. Yes, he's getting 20 points. He's very efficient, but even his game is really being uh, downplayed in this in the state of basketball as we're playing right now. You can you know you can trade hoops, but the problem is three is greater than two. Yeah. Let me say this much: it's a Great. difference. There's Great. there's a difference between the way that. JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard got played off of the floor in the playoffs with the Lakers. They didn't, they got played off of the floor because they couldn't defend the three. They couldn't defend at the perimeter. They could defend and protect the rim, but they could not when they got switched out to the perimeter, they were allowing three. But the other side of it is there weren't, they weren't giving us any twos to offset those threes. The one thing that Drummond can do is he can rebound and he can score a lot of points down low so he's a much more effective weapon and much more difficult. You know, he may lose three to two on a, on two or three possessions, but he's not going to lose three to nothing on two or three possessions. So there's a there's a benefit that he has in that sense. And then secondly, <laughs> rim protection. Just having a big in there makes a difference. He's not as good a rim protector, let's be honest, as uh, Howard was or as McGee in his prime no. was. But he's... He's, you know, he's a big guy. He's 280 pounds. He can hold his position. He's, he's a guy, for example, that will can be able to do probably pretty well against Joker and pretty well against Embiid, as well as you can expect against elite centers like that. He's not as easily played off of the court as others. However, when you look at the problem I that they have is centers get paid the lowest amount of anybody today. And the reason is, is that they're the least valuable position, to be honest. They're a very one-dimensional position that's being played in today's game. So as a consequence, he's not going to get a contract. Nobody's going to go out there and give Andre a max contract. But he could get a $15 million contract or $18 million contract or a $20 million contract. But he's... He's not an easy fit. He's not an easy fit for a three-point shooting team. And everybody wants to be a three-point shooting team. Go ahead, Sean. No, I was just going to say, he's he's actually, I, I disagree a little bit with you, Tom. I actually think he's one of the antidotes to stop the Utah Jazz. If you put Andre Drummond on the floor with Rudy Gobert, Rudy doesn't have really good numbers against Andre Drummond one-on-one if you if you dig deep he doesn't really play well against but we won't talk about MB we won't talk about it because he trolls Drummond and we won't go there on that well and MB will take him out to the three-point line well the issue with the Jazz is is that yes they they are a very proficient three-point shooting team but if you look at their lineups where they're most proficient it's when Rudy's on the floor when Rudy's off the floor, they're not a particularly efficient three-point shooting team. So he 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 eats up a, a lot of uh, space out there. Well, he creates a lot of space out there for them. And he's I got vertical I'm, gravity that opens well, up the floor then, a little bit. But but it would force Utah to have to. Who would you play Anthony Davis against? In that, would you play Bogdanovich against him, O'Neal? My God, Anthony Davis would eat their lunch. So I, I, I think 
you're right, Tom. With the addition of Drummond and his ability to play in the low post, it, it's going to cause teams to have to double AD and LeBron at certain points in the playoffs. And again, we're just we're speculating here. We hope that you know Drummond comes in and stabilizes the defense a little bit, and we get a little shot in the arm for a guard play. The one thing with Drummond that I think he can do is he can keep teams from going small on you because if they're not hitting those threes, you can mount up a lot of twos. You can you get a lot of two for nothings, two to zeros that'll really work. The guy that I actually like that I think the Lakers should get, who's the player I think would really be the killer against the Jazz, is Boogie as a volume three-point shooter. You know, He's the guy who can put Gobert to the bench. I really think anyone outside of Marc Gasol right now would be would be great for the center position. I mean, yeah. all 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 love to Mark, and I'm I'm sure he's going to be with the team and and until the very end. He's the just, very end might be two days from now. At, at this point in time, I mean, Gerald, his lack of conditioning at this point for Frank Vogel to come out and say, "Yeah, he needs another game." And it wouldn't yeah. shock me if, if you know, if he, I believe we're playing the Cavs Friday. Yep. It right. wouldn't shock me if he came out and said, yeah, you know, Mark's still not ready. So, you know, we'll give it a, um, that's a real, so, so do we know if he contracted COVID? Because obviously being in that health and safety protocol for that long, I think it's a HIPAA issue, and yeah, Gerald and I were just talking about that after the last podcast. That I think what the, what the heck is going on with Gasol that he's not in shape that he can't even play. I think he had it because yeah. uh, um, being up here, we even though we're not in Florida, we're still getting word from the Raptors, and um, I mean that you won't find a better conditioned twenty-five-year-old than Fred Van Fleet, and Fred got COVID, and. He's just, he hasn't been the same. Oh, listen, anybody, anybody can get it, man. I mean, it's just, it's everywhere. That's the problem. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. The better that these Marvel films do, the higher the standards are going to be for not just other films in general, but other Marvel films also. I think it's really hard to end a show with this many fans in a satisfying way. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Playing worldwide on radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. But let's go ahead and finish this off right now so we can get to our final thoughts on Elgin Baylor. Again, the Lakers did lose 128 to 111, but hopefully Tom will be right and Andre Drummond will be walking in the door coming this weekend. We hopeful playing uh, Friday. Wouldn't that be great? Well, you know, yes, if he's bought out, then it's going to take a little while longer than that. He has to go through medicals and things of that nature. So it'd be a little bit while that he gets traded. We'll wait and see. But Again, it is the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. We truly appreciate you being part of it here. But before we head on out and before these guys tell you guys out there and gals exactly what they're doing at Lakerholics.com, I want to go ahead and pay our respects to the late Elgin Baylor, one of the greatest basketball players of all time, one of the top 50 players all time in the NBA, one of the players of the century, and just truly a remarkable player, one of the, I guess, trendsetters, one of the guys who just set the trend of high flying, one of the first players to play above the rim, just truly an incredible individual. I think he averaged, what, 27 and 13, 10 All-NBAs, 11 All-Star Games, Hall of Famer right there, no doubt about it, just truly one of the greatest players to ever play the game. Unfortunately, the back half of his basketball life was GMing for the Clippers and Obviously, that was a very difficult situation to be under. And, uh, you know, I, he was part of that whole organization, which was pretty much a laughing stock. And I know a lot of things that he did were either questioned by the outside forces, but were also commissioned by who the owner was. Uh, I know a lot of people are trying to give him a pass on that. And so we'll go from there. But again, it is Elgin Baylor. I want to talk more about his time in a Lakers uniform. And Sean, as our Laker historian, I'm going to start with you first. 
your thoughts on Elgin Baylor. Again, our respects and condolences to his family on his passing at the age of 86. Well, Gerald, I mean, when you talk about Elgin Baylor, um, you're talking about a man who is pretty much at the crossroads of our shared history between the Minneapolis Lakers and the Los Angeles Lakers, drafted by Minneapolis, became the face of the franchise, comes to LA. Um, my goodness, the, the man was so dedicated on and off the court. Um, he, he served his country during the week and then on weekends he would decide to, to play some basketball for a time in his career just before he, he, he blew up. Um, to me, he's one of the 10 greatest Lakers of all time, and he will never be taken off that list as far as I'm concerned. He was probably, he was probably elegance personified on the court, the way he, he could fly through the air. And like I said, I didn't even get to see him play live. I, I've only seen, you know, videos of him on YouTube or NBA history. He shouldn't be as forgotten a legend as he is. But unfortunately, because of the pace of life today, the fact that, you know, our attention spans are so limited, that, you know, somebody as elegant and graceful as that man and the way he played you know, he wasn't, he didn't do a lot of talking on the court either. He was very soft spoken. He let his play do the talking. And it's just really sad, man. It really makes me sad because here's one Laker great gone. And we've got Jerry West in his 80s. And Kareem's not too far behind him, man. And we all know about uh, Magic's uh, medical history. So again, it just, I hate to bring it back to Kobe, but, you know, it just Kobe dying so young and seeing somebody as, as elderly as Elgin Baylor represent the Lakers, it's just, it's really sad, man. All our greats are, are getting a little older and, you know, they're going to pass on eventually. Do you really have to say that in the presence of Laker, Tom? <laughs> but I get what you mean. Lakers number 22, Elgin Baylor. One of the greatest players to ever play the game, no doubt about it. Obviously, his jersey hanging high up on the rafters of the Staples Center. Again, a remarkable playing career. I don't really want to go into detail on his time with the Clippers because, again, that's something that I think almost he wants to forget about. In fact, he ended up suing the Sterlings over that and very tenure. Yeah, So and he won. So, yeah, so it's... Maybe he does want to remember that every time he got a check back and all that. But I want to go ahead and just delve into with you, Tom, your thoughts on Elgin Baylor, because you may have had a chance on more than one occasion to see him play and share me your thoughts on what it was like to see him play live. Well, you know, it's it's kind of funny. I My family moved to California right about the time when the uh, Lakers moved to California. And just to show you how old I really am, uh, I can remember watching playoff games between uh, the Lakers, the Lakers and the St. Louis Hawks with uh, Bob Pettit playing against uh, Elgin Baylor, and I can remember the Celtics series, you know, uh, where you had Bob Cousy dribbling around in circles with one hand, you know, <laughs> players and players shooting two-handed set shots. The thing about Elgin that was so terrific was that. Not only did he play above the rim, but he played with one hand. He could palm the ball the way that MJ did and, and move it around from left hand to right hand, and he was ambidextrous. And, and he, was, he was Dr. J and MJ before they were who they were. Even when I lived in Wisconsin, I hated the Packers. <laughs> you know. And when I moved to L.A., I wasn't, I wasn't a Laker fan. I was a Warriors fan because my favorite player was Will Chamberlain. And then I was a Philly fan. But I grew up listening every day to Chick Hearn and listening and, and going to the forum and watching games on TV and so forth. I patterned my entire game, my, my jump shot after Jerry West. I used to shoot 150 jump shots in the backyard watching my shadow to see if it looked like West's jump shot. And Baylor was really, and West were my favorite players on the Lakers, even though 
I didn't root for them. I watched and listened to every single game. And nothing was better in the world, in, in my world at that point in time, than when they traded for Wilt. And I could bring all of my basketball love together in one spot. One of the things about Elgin that everybody says, you know, he's named after his father's favorite watch. And uh, he was actually a, a very personable and he almost almost like a prankster on the team. He was always the the talker, even though he was he was never a trash talker on the court. He was always the the guy who was very vocular in in the huddles and so forth. And and uh, one of the guys who in practices was was basically the card. He was the comedian on the team. I heard a great interview the other day uh, uh, between uh, on Sirius XM where they were talking to Bob Pettit about you know the whole that whole situation. And the only time Bob ever played with him. Uh, was in the all-star game and it said what a great guy you know and this was back when, as as he said uh, as pettit said we didn't socialize and fraternize with those guys on the other teams you know they were the enemy you know you wouldn't none of this after game hugging stuff that these players do now you know we didn't kiss up to the other players and so forth elgin and jerry west in those early laker days that's where i developed my whole love for basketball and 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 it became my sport and the Lakers eventually became my team. So sad day. I'm just happy that Elgin died of natural causes, 86 years old. Hope I get to live that long. I'd be happy to do that. That would be fine with me. It's funny that you guys at your age should mention about the obituaries and the way that they seem to be coming at us faster and faster every day. And especially this year with COVID, it's, I used to read the obituaries. I don't anymore, man, because they just hit home too hard. But Rest in peace, Elgin. He was one of the pioneers of the modern basketball game. And I'll always love and remember everything I had every time that I've seen him play. 6'5", and one of the best rebounders in the NBA. And he would have been a star in any era, including today's era. One thing I want to mention before we go ahead and, and check on out is that Elgin Baylor, he was such a great player. And unfortunately, the only chance he ever got a chance to really win a title with the Lakers was his last year, but he only ended up playing nine games. I think he was having some knee troubles and Bill Sharman asked him to head to the bench to be a six man. And I don't think he wanted, wanted any part of it. And unfortunately he ended up retiring after nine games in the same year that the Lakers won their title. And I know he did get a ring. And won 33 games in a row. Yeah, and won 33 games, of course, in a row. I mean, that's the now famous 33 games. But he did get a ring, but I think he auctioned that along with 300 other items, uh, I think, a few years ago because he just you know wanted to go ahead and have others share in that joy. So, again, we pay homage to the greatness that is Elgin Baylor and pay our respects to him. And our condolences and our hearts go out to him and his family. May he rest in peace, Elgin Baylor. We'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Hey, Lakers fans. Looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos, articles, podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the world champion, Los Angeles Lakers? Well, look no further than Lakerholics.com. With a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. Well, guys, it's been a great episode. I want to thank you so much for being a part of it. But before we hand on out, you guys got to go ahead and pitch what you're doing at Lakerholics.com. So I will start with you, Mr. Magic Man. What kind of trouble are you creating at Lakerholics.com? And I hope it's a lot, by the way. It is, Gerald. I've got okay, some... good. I taught you okay. well. I tend to defer to the experts such as yourself, people like Brian Winhorst, people like Woj. You know, by the way, I just uh, that check is on the way for saying I'm an expert. That that's on the way. It's on the way. <laughs> we'll then know. It it. it it seems to me like it might be a quiet trade deadline as opposed to a, a vigorous one. I think we're 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 gonna see people, you know, who otherwise might pull the trigger, take their finger off that pole and 
just relax this year because it looks like the, the cap number is going to go down. So you might not see a lot of teams trading, you know, hefty contracts. However, if the Lakers do make a move, I, I have three players in mind. The first is Terry Rozier. Terry is shooting an effective field goal percentage of over 90% in the last two minutes this year. The last player to do that was Terry Rozier in 2021. Nobody's gone that far. In 2021? Yes. Yeah. You said the last player in 2020. Yeah. Okay. Right, right. Yeah, he's he's one of a kind. No one's ever shot more than 90% this late in a season. The second player will be Norm Powell. I know I've mentioned him before. Norm's been trying to score 40 points a night for the Raptors just to basically keep them in games most nights. Even though they've lost nine in a row. And uh, I will say Pasco Siakam hates uh, everybody, including Nick Nurse. Yeah, so, I mean, losing to the Houston Rockets, who had lost 20 games in a row, was pretty much the nail in the coffin for the Raptors championship era. And the third player would be um, Bogdan Bogdanovich. However, I would caution most Laker fans and pretty much any other fan base listening. His ankles are mush at this point. He's not going to be the same Bogdan that people have seen. I think Atlanta made a huge mistake in that kind of offseason. And they're trying to offload him now to the first sucker who will take him. Rob Polinka was 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 not born yesterday. He might get hit by bus by tomorrow. Hopefully not. But he wasn't born yesterday, and we're not taking any junk this trade deadline. Well, I'm just going to say mine right now. Hopefully that they will go ahead and seek out Sacramento. Maybe it gets somewhere a rig package with Bielitsa. Rashawn Holmes, and maybe you could throw in Buddy Heald. That would take care of a lot of issues for the Lakers right there on the offensive side. Defensively, you know, maybe Rashawn Holmes could help you out there. But, you know, Rashawn Holmes is playing out of his mind. And right now, Bielisa would be a nice three-point gunner. And then, of course, you have what Buddy Heald can do. But I don't think the Lakers could put up a package that big. But, again, it's, you know, we want to go ahead and make sure everybody knows that Lakerholics.com is the place to go. And the man who runs it, it is Laker Tom. So Laker Tom, before we head on out, please let us know what you're working on at Lakerholics.com. Well, I'm working on the same thing that Sean is and everybody is in for the next couple of days, which is the prospects that the Lakers have to trade for. Sean's three picks, uh, I, I pretty much agree with him 100%. Go UCLA. I love Norm Powell. And he makes about the same amount of money as Montrez Harrell. Good to know. You'd probably have to package KC, KCP along with uh, Trez in order to get uh, to get uh, Bogdan. And uh, uh, who was the first guy, Sean, that you mentioned? Harry Rozier. Oh, and Rozier. Rozier, obviously, that's the same situation. He makes, uh, I think, 21, so you'd probably have to package KCP and, uh, and Trez together. Um, all three of those, I think, are logical targets for the Lakers. I think there's still a chance that the Lakers might sneak in and get Victor Oladipo for a very cheap price. Everybody knows that I'm a big fan of Lonzo Ball, and I think he's exactly what the Lakers could use at this point in time. You know, there's some other interesting situations out there that, I mean, if if the Kings were really looking to make some moves, they've got some other players that I like too. Um, I'm not a big fan of of trading for centers. I I think basically that I would probably bring back Jones and and sign Boogie, uh, Boogie basically just to be a three point shooter and spread the floor and and cover things like that. And then it's going to be a fun couple of days. I'm also working on a piece, uh, basically looking at how what Frank Vogel could do with with Andre Drummond. I think that that's an interesting situation, uh, both offensively and defensively, because I think that he gives the Lakers a sort of like a switch hitter, you know, they, they give them somebody to change the pace and a second type of offense and defense that they have to, to prepare for. Um, it gives us some versatility that we don't have right now. And so, and as I said, I'm pretty convinced that they would not have gone out there and been offering Trez and Gasol both without having a pretty strong commitment that they were sure that they were going to get uh, Drummond uh, in a buyout market. 
at any rate, I think it's going to be a fun couple of days. We have anything planned before Friday night, Gerald? Maybe we should do something on Thursday. Well, you know, there's a game on Thursday, don't you? Oh, is there? Yep. There's a game on Thursday that they play. And then, yeah, we can go from there. Who do we play on Thursday? We are playing Philadelphia at home. Ah, okay. Maybe I'll throw something up on Wednesday. I'm not sure entirely yet, but I'll see. We'll see, what's okay. we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens for tomorrow. We're playing it by ear, but definitely we'll be back on Thursday for the post-game show for the Philadelphia 76ers when they stop by the Staples Center to match up against the Los Angeles Lakers. And we will also have a rundown of the major trades, and we'll break down in our thoughts on the trades, no matter where it is in the NBA. We'll break down the major trades in the NBA Hopefully the Lakers will be part of that as well during the course of the trade deadline, which is 3 p.m. Eastern on Thursday. So just give everybody a mention on that. 3 p.m. Eastern on Thursday. Well, you know, if you're working on a trade, the NBA does give you like an extra 10 to 15 minutes to work on it. But yes, it is 3 p.m. Eastern time on Thursday. But I want to thank everyone so much again for being part of the show, watching us here on the Lakers Fast Break on Facebook. YouTube, truly appreciate it. Also, check us out on the Hoop Heads Podcast Network. We truly appreciate you wanting to be part of that as well. Check out all the great shows that are there at hoopheadspod.com. Well, guys, once again, it's another embarrassing loss for the Lakers, 128 to 111 to the New Orleans Pelicans. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening and watching, and we'll see you Thursday right here. Or it could be sooner. You never know. Big news breaks. We'll be here on Wednesday as well. But we'll be back this week for sure right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.